songs after the message please all right praise the lord i wish that i could play an instrument but one day very soon one day very soon amen brother clement one day very soon i'm telling you i'll be able to play all the instruments amen uh, we are going to be able to play we are going to be able to sing and praise no problem. Amen? And so we are looking forward to that time when we will get over there on the other side and where we will be able to praise with the angels. Can you imagine praising with the angels, what that is, right? Can you imagine, you know, finally being there and knowing that you don't have anything, you know, to deal with a sinful earth anymore, a sinful world? No bills, no creditors, no sickness, no disease. I mean, it is powerful. I can't wait. I can't wait. But for now, we need to tarry. Amen? The Lord has told us that we need to be faithful, and he wants us to hold on, and he wants us to do a work down here. Amen? 
And so, everyone, the best is yet to come. Uh, this uh, afternoon, I have a brief message for you. The title of the message is Rendering Unto God. Rendering Unto God. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we are asking for a blessing on your people. Lead us, Lord. Let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable, Lord, in thy sight. Touch your people once again, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The word of God is coming from the book of Luke chapter 20. Luke chapter 20, verse 22. Luke chapter 20, verse 22. Uh, do we have any visitors in the house today? Let me see my visitors. Let me see my visitors. Amen. Amen. This is my prayer that the Lord will bless you as you fellowship with us. Remember shortly after, as, as our welcome said, we are going to be fellowshipping um, with the meal next door. We want to welcome all our visitors in our midst. When we have found Luke chapter 20, uh, I'd like you to say amen. All right, we may proceed. And so in this book, we find a very interesting story, a very interesting um, historical um, message here that is embedded in the book of Luke. And the way Luke puts it, he puts it in a very direct way. He is a doctor, you see, and so doctors, they don't waste time. At least good doctors, they get to the point, amen? And so Dr. Luke, he writes in his book uh, in chapter 20, and he says he asked this question. This question is asked, is it lawful for us to give tribute unto Caesar or not? Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? I want you to understand the context behind this. Uh, the Jews believe that they are God's people and they ought to pay taxes to nobody. And so we had some zealots in the midst. The zealots was the, like a warrior sect within the Jews, the Jewish um, culture. And they believed in not paying taxes. And so they tried to rile up the population to get them not to pay taxes. Because af after all, they're God's children, heir of the promise. They're Abraham's children. And uh, they, are, they feel that they should not render anything unto Caesar or pay anything unto any worldly government. Uh, after all, they returned their tithes and offerings, as, as they would um, like to say. And so the question comes out from that context. Is it lawful for us to give tribute, the tribute offering, the tribute um, um, money to Caesar or not? But he perceived their craftiness, it says. Uh, in another uh, version, it says in another book, in book of Matthew, he perceived their wickedness. He perceived their craftiness and said unto them, why tempt me? Why do you tempt me? It is a very hard thing for a man to tempt God. It is a very grave thing to tempt God. But these Pharisees, they were pressing the limits and they were tempting tempting God. 
Why do you tempt me? Verse 24, it says, show me a penny. Give me a penny. And he asked, whose image and superscription is on it? And he said, and they said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, well, render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things which are God's. And they could not take hold of his word before the people, and they marveled, marveled at his answer and held their peace. Uh, these Pharisees wanted to trap Jesus. And so in the, this, the, the whole trap, they set it up. They're always setting Jesus up in a way because, you know, if Jesus should say, well, you know, you are not to pay taxes to Caesars, well, Caesar, well, he's against the Romans, right? And then if he should um, go and say, well, you ought to pay taxes to Caesar, then he is against the Jews. And so they were trying to trap Jesus. And, and they, they, they tried to do it in all kind of different ways. But Jesus was wiser than them. We could never outsmart God. And many of us right here, including me, at some point in our lives, we tried to outsmart God. God tells us to do something, and we try to do another. And so we try to outsmart, outthink, outwit God. We cannot outsmart God. And so when we look at this, this account we see, it is, it is found in different Gospels, the, the Gospel of uh, Matthew chapter 22, also uh, the Gospel of Mark in chapter 12. And we see that in all the cases, uh, as it was written, these guys they were setting up Jesus, setting spies to take out Jesus. But somehow Jesus, he always had a way of escape. There's another portion where Jesus talks about the tribute money in the, in the book of uh, Matthew chapter 17. And when um, they, this, this story was, uh, as, as, as it was set up, they were saying that, well, Jesus, um, you know, do, they sent these, uh, the, the tribute collectors went and asked the disciples, do your master pay tribute? And they said, yes. And then when Jesus heard about this, he stopped Peter and, and said to him, you know, um, we need to, I definitely pay, pay tribute. In verse 27 of Matthew chapter 17, uh, it says, Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go to the sea and cast a hook and take up a fish, the first one that comes, and open its mouth and you will find a piece of money. Take it and give it to pay tribute for me and thee. Interesting that we see in this story that any time that it came to it that um, Jesus, they challenged Jesus, you know, should we pay tribute? Should we pay taxes? Should we abide by the laws of the land? Jesus says yes. 
But there was something that he was bringing out, a message that he was bringing out in all of this, that we need to abide by the laws of the land, but we must also abide by the laws of God. It's important for us to understand these principles. There are times that we, as a people, we try to uh, do illegal stuff. You know, we want to, you know, cut the taxes or, or uh, you know, we want to go around and not pay taxes. And, and so we try to do all of these. Jesus is saying, no, that's not right, right? Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God. As we look at this text a little closer in Luke chapter 20, we see that there is an issue here. When we think of who Caesar is, Caesar is a man that, is, is a man that indulges in, in, in wickedness. Caesar is, a one, is one that kills innocent people, boys, girls, and, and women, and, and innocent uh, people that, that is against him. Caesar is, is responsible for that. But at the same time, we see that Caesar, you know, God is, is saying that we should support that. And so we have a system and individuals in the system that at times we tend to fight against the system. We say the government is not doing right, and so we're not paying our taxes. Uh, we, we rebel against that. Jesus says that we ought not to do so. And so it is very important for us to realize and recognize our civil duty that we have. But also we have to realize our moral duty. A statement is written here as um, Ellen White commented on this, this whole thought. And she says that I saw that it is our duty in every case to obey the laws of our land unless they conflict with the higher laws which God spoke in an audible voice from Sinai and after engraved it in stone with his own finger. We see this in the word of God in the Bible, right? And it says, I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts and that I will, and I will be with them and be their God and they shall be my people. He who has God's laws written in the heart will obey God rather than man and will sooner disobey all men, all of men that deviate, men's laws that deviate from the commandments of God. God's people taught by inspiration of truth and led by good conscience to live by every word of God and will take his law written in their hearts as the only authority which they can acknowledge and consent or consent to obey. 
the wisdom and authority of the divine law are supreme. And so what we are saying here, God wants us to keep the laws, the laws of the land, as long as they don't conflict with his laws. And so God has given us all of this counsel and somehow at times we try to outwit or outsmart God. For instance, if we look at a little closely at what it means to render unto God. Why do we render to God? Why do we give to God? The only way we, reason why we give to God is because God has given us so much. Hasn't he given you life? Hasn't he given you breath? Hasn't he given you food? Hasn't he given you clothing? Hasn't he given you the ability to educate yourself? Hasn't he given you everything? Every single pound, 204 pounds of you are me. My wife probably didn't want me to say that, right? <laughs> right? Yes, 204 pounds, right? Every single pound is given by God. Every breath within my being, it's given by God. He sustains us. And he does everything for us. He is God. But at times I see within us, and I'm including myself, uh, there, there is a system that we try, to, we try to outsmart God. We try to go around and be less than faithful when God has caused, called us to be faithful. In one area of our lives that I find that within the church, leadership and members, we try to not listen to God in terms of being faithful. And so God tells us that out of everything that you earn, you should render unto God a tenth. And so we debate that tenth. We say, well, you know, after all, I'm, I'm doing so much for the Lord and so forth, and so I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not obligated to give that return, that tenth. And so we don't return that tithe. One thing that I've realized, and I'm realizing even more, that this is the test that God has placed for us. If we cannot be faithful in returning a tenth for what God has, all that he has done, and he just requires that we return a tenth uh, a tenth of our earnings, a tenth to him as a thank you, Lord. Uh, we recognize what you have done. I am returning that tenth. If we cannot do that, that shows that there is a spiritual problem. An individual that cannot return 
and be faithful in returning a tenth of the, that tithe shows a spiritual problem. An individual that reasons and say, you know, I don't like what's happening in the church. Can I be frank with you? I don't like what's happening in the church. You know, I, I don't like that music that they've been playing. I, I don't like what that preacher is doing. I, I don't like the fact that I don't know where my money is going and all of that. And, you know, I, I, I am going to hold back my tenth. I'm going to redirect it. And so we make the choice to redirect it. But you are a member of this church. You have pledged to support the church and its efforts. You have pledged democratically to support. But somehow you deviate from the plan. And so you try to starve the church. You know what I mean by starving the church. And so you withhold it. And so you fail to render unto God what is God to support the church. And so we, we try to kill the system. One thing I realize in ministry, about 16 years now going on, 16 years of formal ministry, I realize that I would rather have 10 committed members of the church. I'd rather have 10 committed working with 10 committed members than 50 members that doesn't have their focus on God. I'd rather have those 10 individuals working and they are faithful with the faithful in returning their tithe, faithful in their time, faithful in their sacrifice. I'd rather have those 10 rather than 50 individuals that just looks good but are not committed to God. I like to see when I go around and visit you have some, a little old lady that is working and she is getting her little check and she is paying her rent and struggling and living on the edge, but she gets her little check of $200 and she said, you know, before anything touches it, I am taking my tithe out. And so out of that $200 check, she takes her $20. And then she says, that's my tithe. And I'm going to take my little offering. I'm double tithing. And she takes that $40 and she says, this is the Lord. I may not be able to pay my bills. I may not be able to know where my food is coming. I may not be able to do all the things that I want to do. But I am going to take my money and I'm going to render this unto God. This is God's. This is God's property. And that woman puts it aside. And she declares, Pastor, it's, it, it is so tough. But somehow, I serve a God that somehow he always comes up. He always comes through. He's always on time. And I'm faithful to God, and God is faithful to me. Uh, this is the kind of stubborn, bullheaded faith that we need in this society. 
This is the kind of stubborn, bullheaded faith that we need in abundant life. Where we can, you know you cannot meet ends. Your ends cannot meet. You cannot, you cannot uh, make it through. But somehow you say, listen, I'm going to be faithful to God anyhow. And so whether you get $20 a month, whether you get $10 a month, whether you get $2,000 a month, whether you're the richest cat in Vegas, right? Uh, I'm going to... Uh, $200,000 a month. I'm going to be faithful to God. You take out what belongs to God and return it to Him. I realize why many of our people are always scratching the bottom of the barrel. It is because our faithlessness. We're not faithful to God. We take God for granted. And so God requires this and we try to say, oh, well, you know, God understands. And so we shift. And I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to myself because there are times that, you know, the load of this world has just fallen down and it is tough. And I say, you know something, I'm going to just take some of this tithe money, this offering money, and I'm going to do this and that. And the struggle is on and on and on. But I remember one time when it got so rough and I'm studying and I'm saying, you know, I, I don't know how to do this. And I remember once I just went in my bank account and I said, God, all of this is yours. And I scooped it all out, gave it to God. And I'm telling you, I don't know where blessings came from, but the blessings came from all different directions and the Lord blesses. I'm telling you, we serve an awesome God. When we render unto God, when we give unto God what is truly His, young people, when we preserve ourselves, and I'm not just talking about money, but when we preserve ourselves and when we give unto God what is truly His, amazing things happen in our lives. When we are faithful stewards with what God has given us, blessings come down. This church ought not to be in any kind of financial problems at all because God has given you all the blessings. If we are just faithful, if, if we just have 50% of the church faithful, it's done. But I'm appealing to us, church members, leaders, it's very important for us to understand fundamentally what this means and what God wants to do. You see, God has these blessings. He has, you know, in Malachi chapter 3, when we, we often quote this, you know, the windows of heaven, God has these blessings for us. And it is this awesome blessings. He has these blessings. And these blessings, he is waiting to pour these blessings down upon us. But some blessings he will withhold because of our faithlessness. It's a little quiet in here. I remember the story of Gideon. God, the way God sees things is not the same way that man sees it. 
And the story of Gideon in the book of Judges chapter 7 tells us this. We see Gideon, this man, this young man called by God to do an awesome task. The Midianites, they were attacking and they had surrounded them and, and they didn't know what to do. They were overwhelmed and God says, call all the men. And thousands of people came in, thousands, thousands of men came in. And God says, listen, this is too much. God says, I just need 300. If I just take 300, 300, I will do it. And God told them, Gideon, in the book of Judges chapter 7, verse 4, the Lord said to Gideon, the people are too many. Bring them down to the water and I will try them for thee there. The Lord says, I will try them. I will test them. The Lord is always testing. There is a test that we are going through. Before, you, you may not understand it. When you have that tithe money, when you have that talent, when you have all the treasure that God has given you and you're thinking, listen, I'm not going to accept that office. Because I was slighted last year. I'm going to hold back my gifts and talents. And it's just going to be for me and my family. And so you hold it back. I'm going to hold back that tithe. And it's just for me. I'm going to use it the way I see fit. I'm going to help some poor person. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And so you hold it back. There is a test that each and every one of us are going through. As we see in the story of Gideon here. And God says, listen, just bring them down to the water and I will try them. I will test them. And it shall be that whom I say unto thee, this will go with thee. The Lord is going to make the selection. And the same shall go with thee. And whomsoever I say unto thee, this shall not go with thee. And the same shall not go. And verse 5. And so he brought down the people unto the water. And the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone that laps, everyone that laps, uh, lappeth of the water with his tongue, as a dog lappeth, as a dog lappeth, he, him shall thou set by himself. And likewise, everyone that boweth down um, upon his knees, and to drink, and the number of them that lappeth and putting their hands to the mouth were 300. 300. I'm hearing myself in a, in a very weird way here, guys. And it says, but all the rest of the people bow down on their knees. And the Lord says, all these individuals that bow down on their knees, all these individuals that bow down, set them aside. They're not going. But the ones that went down and lapped, they had a sense of urgency. You know, the Lord says, these are the ones. Now Gideon was confused that 300, and God took these 300, as you read the rest of the story, he took these 300, and 300 went forth with God, and they were able to conquer. 
I want you to understand that God, he wants each and every one of us to conquer. It may not seem logical to you for you to return a faithful tithe. It may not seem logical to you for you, you know, to accept a position in church. You have been stepped on, you have been maligned, you have been ill-treated. Why am I going to give my service to the church? Why am I going to give my money to the church? Why am I going to sacrifice for this church that has done wrong to me? Now, mind you, it's not necessarily the church. You may have one or two mean people in church, and we think the entire church is bad. It's not so, right? You're going to have mean people everywhere, right? But your focus is not on the people, everyone. Your focus ought to be on who? God. If God is our focus, there should be no problem, Sister Wailena. And so what we got to understand in the whole process of it, God, he has called us to be faithful, to render all our gifts. These 300, they recognized the sense of urgency that they had to render all to God. And so they had that sense of urgency because they were in the fight. And they knew how important it is. While others, they just took their time, got down on the ground, and they were just wasting time. There are many individuals in church that's like that. We just come and sit down on the pew, and we have no sense of urgency. We have no sense of urgency recognizing that God has a great work to do in this place. He didn't bring us here in Vegas, in Sin City, for a joke. He placed you here because he wanted you to be energized. He wanted you to be activated. He wanted you to be a faithful worker for God. He wants you to take up your armor and be ready to fight. But too many times we don't recognize this. And so we just lay low. We, we, we don't want to give what we've got to the service of God. And God wants us, he wants us to give it all up. Get in the, in the fight and make a difference for the community. Amen? Amen? And so we see this over and over. We're, this is, this is, um, we're called into active service, but we lay low. And so we see now that God, he brought us together and created us in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 10. It says that the Lord, it is, and you, and you hath he quickened, the Lord says, you hath he quickened that was dead. We may be dead in despair right now on the transgression of sin, but God wants to quicken us. He wants to resurrect us. He wants to activate us. He wants us to know in verse 10 that we are his workmanship, created in Christ unto good works, which he hath done and has ordained that we should walk in them. God has created us. And when we think of it, there are individuals that right now we are just walking in different ways. And, and so we, we know what we should do, but we don't do them. And so we need to be faithful to Caesar. We need to be faithful to God. But in think of it, 
why we render to God. God has created us in his own image in the book of Genesis chapter 1. In the image of God, he created us. And God wants us to walk in newness of life, recognizing our true purpose and mission in life. But then we see here God, he gives us the true direction in life. In Exodus chapter 20, we have the laws of God, the very laws that gives us direction. While others say that these laws are done away with, that they are blotted out and we ought not to live by any kind of laws. Well, the law, the God, God has given us this direction and if we follow his direction, as he says that I am the truth, the way, the truth, and the life, there is no other way to walk. It is only by God's way. And some of us right here in this very room, we have been trying to carve out life in our own way. We've been trying to do it in our own way and setting up life in our own way and it's failure after failure. You have tried it in relationships and going your own way and it's failure. You have tried your own jobs and you know that you ought not to be working in this kind of job, but failure after failure. You have tried all kind of investments and trying your own way but failure after failure God has designed a way for us to succeed and if we abide by his word you will see the blessings that will come forth amen God's people right now we should be the head but we are that wagon tail when you think of health the health message this wonderful health message that God has given us back in the 1800s within this church, we were at the head of the curb. We had the sanitariums, we had the hospitals, we had the institutions all, and we still have a lot of them. But somehow what we have done as a church, the people, we have deviated from the path. If I should ask, Right now, individuals who are practicing the health principles as it should. If I should do a survey here in this church, and I don't want to embarrass anyone, right? You will be shocked. But many of the diseases of the Egyptians, many of the diseases that we ought not to have, we have them because of our lack of faithfulness. And so God has called us and he has given us direction. He wants us to render all these wonderful things to him, even our very bodies, but we try to carve our own way. And in doing so, we get the diseases. In doing so, we are in financial ruin. In doing so, socially, we are at the bottom. In doing so, all of these curses come up on us. And God wants these curses to be broken. Amen. And it's never too late for us to get our vehicle on the right path. And so God, the very same God that directs our life, he sustains it. He is the sustainer of our life. He is our provider. He is the one that fights for us. In the book of Joshua, chapter 3, uh, verse 
um, 13, we see Joshua. He was in, he was a young uh, ruler, a young commander. Uh, uh, he was leading this rowdy people across the, the wilderness to the promised land. And he encountered this awesome, awesome figure. He saw this, this tall, strong, strapping soldier. And, and Joshua was trembling in his boots when he saw this. And he saw this awesome sight. And he walked very pensively over to this man. And he asked him, are you for us or for our adversary? Whose side are you on? He was wishing that this soldier would say that he's on his side. And he wasn't sure. And as he walked over and asked this soldier with his sword drawn, whose side is, is he on? This soldier says, I am the captain of the army of God. And I've come to fight with you. I've come to fight for you. I have come to fight in your army. I've come to fight your battles. I've come to bring deliverance to your house. I've come to bring deliverance to your camp. I am the God of heaven and earth. I am the one that created everything. I have come to fight for you. God is eager to fight for us. But how could God fight for us if we are not rendering unto God? How could God fight for us if we are not surrendering to God? How could God fight for us when we are running from him? How could God fight for us when we are not faithful to him? How could he fight? And so this captain, when Joshua recognized that he was standing before the God of heaven, the God that created the heaven and earth. Joshua, he took off his shoes and he hit the ground and worshipped. Too many times, we're caught up in all the hype. We're caught up in our education. We're caught up in our possession. We're caught up in all the stuff, all the fluff, not recognizing that simply God wants us to surrender to him. Whether you are rich or poor, whatever you've got, just as long as you have life and a conscious mind, God wants us to surrender to him. And in doing so, whatever trials, whatever tribulations, God will give you peace to make it through. Sometimes he doesn't take the storm out of your life. He permits you to go through the storm, but he gives you coping skills to get through the storm. And so this captain of the host that Joshua encountered, after Joshua had that wonderful encounter, Joshua recognized that God personally comes down and he fights your battles. God, he comes down personally and he shows up in your life to make a difference. This message is all about faithfulness. I believe it's a time now for God's people to be faithful. And I want to challenge us as I make my transition in the appeal. I want to challenge us to be faithful. As we get into another season, leaders, new leaders coming into the church, 
And I want to make you a promise, church. This may sound like a political speech, <laughs> but it's a promise I will keep. I'm going to make you a promise. All of our leaders that you will see standing from the elders, including myself, we have to be faithful. We want to be faithful, and we have to be faithful in our tithe. We have to be faithful in our time, time spent with God, studying the Word of God. We want to be faithful in our talent. We want to be faithful in all of these wonderful treasures that God has given us. We want to be faithful in this way. And as I said before, as leaders, and I'm speaking to all our leaders right now, you know your trials, you know your tribulation, you know everything. There is a call to be faithful in this church. The leaders of Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church will be faithful. Why? Because the membership, the membership will be faithful. And so whether it be in your tithe and your offerings, we're calling you to be faithful. Now, let me let you know that pastors, yes, we do return tithe. You may not see me returning a tithe here, physically here, but I go online as soon as, and I love the online option, I love this technology, because I don't want anything to touch my money before I do, right? And so as soon as it hits, I send out my tithe, return my tithe. Because I realize that we have to be faithful. And I'm telling you, over the years, at times when, when it seems like the chips are down, just, I mean, God just shows up. And I want to encourage us. I know that some of us are going through trouble. You don't have a job, but you get a few pennies. You get a $20 here, a $50 here, or whatever it is. Even when you get that, return your tithe. I know that some of you may be discouraged and you're wondering, you know, I don't have time to work for the church. I don't have time to accept this position, right? I don't have time to give any time. Be faithful to God. Just say, all right, let me carve out this little time and I'm going to give this time to the Lord in his service. Show up at the food bank and help out at the food bank community service. Show up on Sabbath afternoon when the word in the street goes out. Show up. Get yourself involved. Use your gifts and your talents for the glory of God. God is calling us. He's calling us for a purpose. Don't just squander what God has given you. And there, the majority of the church, 80% of the church research says, squanders their talents. While 20% of the church takes the whole load of the church. While if everyone comes together and works together, it will be easier. And so next year, as we are planning for next year, and I'm, this is intentionally set, I want to get this church moving to the point that every single one of us, we are faithful in our tithe and our offerings. We are faithful in our time to the church. Faithful in all 
that we could render unto God. Amen? We want to be. Thank you, little one. We want, we want to be faithful. God is calling us. And it's a serious call. And so as we come, church, I'm going to be calling out a pledge. And we're going to formalize this going into the end of this year. I want you to try God. He's testing some of us right now. I know it's hard, but he's testing. I know you're busy. He's testing you. And he wants you to pass the test. That's why he sent me. I'm giving you the little information ahead of time. And all that you have to do is to say, Lord, here I am. I want to be faithful. I want to make a special call. And this call is for individuals that will stand and say, listen, I'm going to be faithful to God. From now on, from now on until Christ comes, I'm going to be faithful in my tithe and my offerings. I'm going to be faithful. There's one lady, and I, I know that she'll be a little embarrassed, but I'm impressed. There's a lady that in this community, she was praying for her son. And she called us. And she says, Pastor, and Sister McDavid, I believe she was in touch with, I want you to pray for my son. I want you to pray for him. And we started praying for him. And then after we had the occasion to meet him, nice guy. And then soon after, this lady, who is not yet a member of our church, she said, you know, God has been so good. He's been so good. And so she said, you know, I'm returning my tithe. And so she started returning a tithe, not yet being a member of this church. She said, I don't know, but something is happening. I'm returning my tithe. We didn't even have a study on tithe yet, but she knew what she had to do. Now I'm going to call her out. Is Sister Free Deborah, Deborah Friedman here? Sister Freeman, I want you to stand. Now this lady, church. Now sister, I know you didn't want to be called out, right? I know you're going to, but I just want to tell you that you fed into my life and I saw what faithfulness is. She sent a, a box of books and she said, Pastor, I think you'll be interested in these books, right? And she sent these books and on top of it, she had her tithe, you know, on it. And she said, please deposit it at this date. And I said, man, I wish if, let me tell you, if half of our church members, let me, if 80% if of our church members showed faith like this sister, Sister Freeman, 
the work will be well supplied. And I want to thank you, sister, and we will continue to pray. Did you bring your visitors? Amen. You see what? She not only was faithful in her tithe, she's faithful in her time. She came in and she brought a visitor. Amen. Where's your visitor? Let me see her. Stand, please. We welcome you. Amen. Now, church, that's what it's all about. This is what it's all about. Thank you, sister. Thank you. This is what it's all about. It is not, we're not here for any puppy show. We're here for real ministry. We're here for God to work through us and for the blessings of God to come upon us. Praise God. And I want to challenge the church. We got to turn around and do differently. Some of you that's boycotting church because of whatever. God, I want him to speak to you. And I'll be praying for you. Even right now. Some of us that's, that's in, you know, we know that it's rough and, you know, pastor, I can't do this. And God is saying, yes, you can. And he wants to pour out a blessing upon your life. Yes, yeah, some of you are coasting before the financial crisis and God wants to bring you to a higher height. You know, you went through a Job experience. Can you imagine if Job had just quit and cursed God and everything? Some of us have done the equivalent of that. But God wants to bring you back and he wants to do what he did for Job. He double blessed him. There is a double blessing for many of us if we will only claim it and God is calling you into this experience and so I'm making an appeal to you church members and visitors and people online wherever you are even those of you that's listening on the on the radio right stop your car parking on the freeway and stand up I want you to stand. If you truly want to take on this commitment to say, listen, I am going to be faithful. I am going to be a faithful steward in my time, in my talent, in my treasure, in all that God has given me. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful by God's grace. I'm going to be faithful. I am faithful now. I'm going to be faithful. If I've messed up in the past, we're not asking you to go back and, you know, revisit the past. But we want you to stand today and be faithful to God. God is calling us into faithfulness. And the blessings, the blessings that only He has, He wants to bestow it upon us. And so as we come, and as we stand, as we declare, we want to receive the blessing that God has. Even if you have no money, even if you perceive that you have no talent, don't worry about that. Pledge to be faithful to God, and you'll see what happens in your life.
I know we're going to hear some testimonies because God is able. Amen. I'd be remiss if I end this service without making an appeal of someone that would like to come and surrender their lives to Christ, their life to Christ. If there's anyone in our midst today that say, listen, pastor, I not only want to stand to be faithful, but I want to stand and say, listen, I'm surrendering my life to Christ for the first time, or I'm re-surrendering my life. I've gone out, but I'm coming back. The Lord is calling you today. I'm inviting you to come. I want to lay hands on you. I want to pray with you. We want your life to change. Amen? The Lord is calling you today. Today, if you hear my voice, it says, do not harden your heart. But you want to surrender to, to Christ today. And you say, Christ, I want to give you a try. Whether you are visiting or not, it doesn't matter. You're living on this globe. The Lord is calling you. He wants you to surrender to him. If you know you should be here and you want to have a prayer, I'm inviting you to come. If you do not have the courage to come, but you know that you should be here, I'm asking to raise your hand. We want to pray for you. We want to include you in this prayer. That the Lord will bless you. That the anointing of God will be upon your life. Amen. Let us bow our heads for a prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord. We praise your worthy name, Lord. Great is your name and greatly is it, it is to be praised. I pray, Father, that you bless your people, Lord. As we stand here, we are standing because we're saying enough is enough. We are not going to be playing the devil's game anymore. We want to be faithful, Lord. We want to surrender all to you, Lord. And we want to be faithful in all that we have got, Lord. As we render unto God, Lord, we indeed know, Father, that God will even give us even more of a blessing, Lord. We will have more stability in our lives, spiritually, mentally, and physically, Lord. I pray that you will bless your people, Lord, and that you will guide each and every one of us, that we will have the anointing of God upon our lives. I pray for my dear brother that came up here, Father. You know his journey. And I pray, Father, that as I lay my hand upon him, Lord, my hands are nothing, Lord, but I pray that your hands will be upon him, Lord, that you will take his life and let it be consecrated to you, Father. Lord, I pray that you'll touch him and surround him and fill him with your Holy Spirit. There are individuals in the pew that they didn't have the courage to come, Lord. But Lord, whatever the situation may be, I pray that you will bless them, Lord that you will please take their lives, Lord, into your life and that they'll never be the same again. Lord, bless us, Lord. Bless your people. And I pray, Father, that many years from now when we look back to this time, we could say truly, the Lord has led us in this journey and he has blessed me, has blessed my family, 
and enabled me to stand firm in his righteousness. We thank you again, Lord. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. May God bless you. I'd like you to give somebody a holy hug. Tell them that you love them. What's your name, brother? My, my, my brother, my name is Joseph. Joseph. I'm a member of this church. Amen, Joseph. Amen. Amen. Sanford Amen. Is my CEO. Amen. Amen. My birthday is coming up. Amen. Thursday, Amen. So Let's talk right on. after. God bless you. God bless you, Joseph. All right. God bless you. Amen. As we come to the conclusion of our service, we're asking you to um, stay tuned. Immediately after this, we are going to uh, have our fellowship lunch. Um, with our visiting friends and, and 